Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So, stay with us, as right now, we present... A wonderful author for you today on the show, and today we're lucky because Jeff Rasley is here, and he's an, you know, I, I'm going to have to ask him again because I've forgotten how many books he's written. It's been a bunch. And the latest one, which is just out now, I'm really intrigued with because it's called 72 Wisdoms. And it's about um, great things that people have said over time that that he's taken and done something with it. And uh, we're going to find out with what he has done with it. Then we're going to find that out right now. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. And it's good to be with you again, Kevin. Uh, it's, it's great to have you here. The last time that you were here, we were we did it under my independence report. And, and so now uh, we're doing it uh, under Positive Talk Radio. And you'll be able to go to PositiveTalkRadio.net and listen to this or you can be watching live right now on youtube or facebook so if um jeff looks really good sitting over there and so we're we're gonna have a, a great discussion and a matter of fact i'm still working on the the riddle he gave me at the beginning and we'll get into that one in a little bit but but first of all jeff it's, it's great to have you here and uh um 72 Wisdoms is a guidebook to enhance your spiritual, psychological, and philosophical health. I love that. Uh, what gave you the idea to write this book? Yeah, um, this book, and it's actually my 14th. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it came to me in not uh, the typical way that uh, the other 13 have come. So I just I noticed almost every day uh, and this was, you know, almost a year ago now, that um, I would come across very interesting sayings that I thought, you know, were pearls of wisdom or that offered uh, something that, you know, I'd want to chew on, think about. So I started writing some of them down. And after I wrote a few of them down, and I would go back and I'd want to, you know, think a little more deeply, okay, I've sort of peeled the onion one layer off of what this means is there another layer to what it means and oh and who said that and what was the context in which they said it and so i just you know without having a book in mind started making sort of a, a, a list of what i thought were wise interesting sayings and who said them and why and what was the context and then i thought well I think I'm going to write a book and just do each chapter will begin with one wisdom. Um, and then I will develop that wisdom and try to, you know, pick it apart and find uh, different layers of meaning to it. And also give a little biographical information about who, whoever said it or wrote it originally and what the context and the history was. And so I just started, you know, doing one and then another and another and another and another. And eventually when I got to about 50, my wife says, so um, when are you going to stop? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I really, I think I could probably get to 100. And she said, no, that's too many. 
pick another number that's not that many. Uh, plus, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of, <laughs> of you telling them to me. Uh, and she's my, she's my uh, primary editor, so she also knew she was going to have to uh, edit the first draft. So I chose the number 72, made that my goal. And I'm six foot tall at 72 inches. There's some, you know, if you research what is the mythological, mystical significance of 72, there's some, you know, some stuff there, but uh, it's, it really doesn't have any more significant meaning as far as the book goes, other than I just thought, okay, that's a good place to stop. Well, if you look at, uh, um, are you familiar with numerology? A little bit. I'm, I'm definitely not an expert on it. Because if you, if you take 72 and you add them together, that's nine. And mm-hmm. while, we're, while we're talking, I'll look up what nine means in uh, numerology. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you it, need, it means something. Um, I'll bet it does, too. And, you know, three, of course, is a very sacred number, the Trinity. Um, and so three times three, um, I'm, I'm sure that, that uh, yeah, numerologists could come up with a number of different significant um, mystical, mythological references to 72. Um, almost all the mythological tales from around the world have patterns of the number nine uh, weaving through them. So it is it is a mystical number. And it's it's about and that's that's really what you're talking about here, because you go back. It's it's not just, you know, from the Bible or the Quran or from the Torah. It's from, you know, the Greek mythology and it's from uh, modern history and and modern um, uh, musicians and all kinds of stuff. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's um, sayings that come from. Well, Lao Tzu, so, you know, ancient Asian wisdom, um, modern Asian wisdom, uh, Dalai Lama, but uh, yeah, Greek, Roman philosophers, the Bible, both New Testament, Old Testament, but then contemporary culture, um, Muhammad Ali is a source, uh, Beatles are a source, uh, Dolly Parton is a source. So, yeah, it's spread, and that, that's what I, I wanted to do, to sort of spread the whole history and cross-cultural sources of wisdom. Now, in your research, and I know that you did quite a little bit uh, for all of these, is there a common thread that runs through them all? No, not in the sense other than um, each each one, at least in my view, offers something to think about just beyond kind of the, the superficial immediate response of what what is this wisdom saying? You know, what is this quote saying? That each one of them has uh, something something deeper than, you know, what you would just immediately, how you would immediately respond to it. But, but there are definitely themes, uh, several themes that weave through a lot of the wisdom. Um, one, which is a theme that I've been dealing with in a lot of my writing really for a long time, is kind of the, 
the yin and yang of individuality and community that you know they're having my own individual identity is so important but on the other hand who am i without a community and so that that theme weaves through it um light and darkness uh and yin and yang in the sense of how there's um almost opposite sides to so many aspects of reality and yet if you just try to turn reality into the binary of light and dark um you're you're missing the depth also and so there's like the uh you know the hegelian idea of thesis antithesis synthesis new new thesis is a, a way to look deeper uh find deeper meanings and and find patterns in history too well, i got to ask you because we talked about it because i'm i thought i was a beatles aficionado Apparently, there's a few things that I don't know because one of the quotes is from the Beatles, and I, I and my thought was, well, it has to be all you need is love, um, you know, because that that's you know one of their primary things. A lot of that weaves through a lot of their songs, a lot of their materials. And you said, nope, that ain't it. And so, and you said that it has something to do with that. Um, Penny Lane, which is another song of theirs, weaves in it and. So, but I'm I'm still lost. So, what was the Beatles quote? Uh, it, well, it's the song is in my life. Oh, 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 oh! That's my favorite song of all time. You know, do you know that song? They have to play at my funeral. Really? That's in, it's in your will. Um, well, it's in my son's heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that song too, and so. You know, I didn't really know anything about the song other than I've always loved it. And I certainly couldn't have recited the lyrics to you. Um, I mean, some of them, you know, maybe the chorus. But so um, there are places I remember. There are places I remember. Yeah, that's how it starts. Yep. And then and and so the, the chapter that the song, the topic of the chapter is about nostalgia. And because as I researched how John Lennon wrote the song, wrote the lyrics to it. Yep. And, uh, you know, why did he write the song? What was he thinking about? And so forth is he actually wrote two versions of the song. And the first version, he wrote it is almost like a, uh, a child's, uh, a kiddie song, kind of a happy, bubbly, funny uh, take like it was a little a bus ride around his the neighborhood and so it mentions all these places like Penny Lane um, in the neighborhood where he grew up in Liverpool and then he decided well you know I really want to have more of a universal appeal I want to I want to touch something deeper so then the second version is the is in my life the version that that we hear um and uh so he took his own experiences but he you know he universalizes them into this uh feeling that we can all relate to of there are people there are places that were meaningful to me earlier in my life 
and some of them exist some of them no longer exist um and yet each one of them has some you know it was like a marker in my life and um and all of us can relate to that you know anybody who's at least gotten through adolescence you know begins to have these nostalgic memories of our buddies that are no longer we no longer see the places that we hung out that you know places we played as kids or the hangouts when we were teenagers and and we go back to those places and those people in our mind even though they're no longer with us and um so that's the <clears throat> so the the song is an exploration of uh lennon's own nostalgia and the, the places that he picks out to use as examples <clears throat> excuse me kevin i'm just i'm getting over a cold so i, I may hack a little bit you're you're okay you're the information is is fascinating so that's you're you're good okay thanks um and but so you know so each of us have these sort of sacred places and people that we memorialize in our memory but the the sense of nostalgia is very interesting because on the one hand it's pleasurable but on the other hand it's painful and so I, I describe the the feeling that Lenin is evoking and that I think nostalgia is the term that best captures it as um, sweetly painful or pleasurably plain, painful. Because here again, it's that yin and yang of these opposites somehow meet uh, in our consciousness, in our feeling. And there's depth there that, you know, it sur surpasses sort of superficial understanding. You know, why is this one, you know, this place uh, where I, I mentioned in the book, because a lot of the book, I'll use my own personal experience. So there's memoir in it. When we were kids, we played in this place called the College Hole. Um, <laughs> and it is called the College Hole because uh, our local college, Goshen College, dug uh out this the foundation for a building that was that wasn't built and eventually this big hole just filled up with scrub and bushes and stuff um and uh, and the kids we all played in it as we had you know gang wars and hide and go seek and just you know all the wonderful things the kids do outdoors when they're on their own and so that place that the college hole evokes in my mind this whole the whole experience of childhood just you know like that with that one reference well, and, see, um, yeah you and i were born in a, of an era where in order to go have fun you had to go outside because there wasn't anything to do inside except <laughs> watch you know maybe uh channel the three channels that were available yeah. and so you know we went outside and we played war with a stick and that was, you know, and, and if those who had the best stick won, um, and and there was a, a rifle or a sword or whatever it was, um, I have to tell you about that song. My brother passed away in two years ago, and uh, he, the last conversation that I had with him, he was not able to speak anymore. He had stage four lung cancer, and but he could he could hear, 
and he could listen. And he and he and his significant other said, "Yeah, we're playing. Uh, um, I think it was, it, it was a a hymn of some kind, but, you know, that was kind of somber and stuff." And I and she said, "But he doesn't want to hear, you know, a hymn. He wants to hear something else." And I said, "Well, play this song." And I, oh, I had them play in my life and wow. that was two days before he passed away that's i mean it's so again that's so sad but it's also so sweet it, it was and he took it the right way he took it as in you know remembering all the good times remembering the people that you fell in love with remember the things that you did the things and because you're you know, you're about to move on to another another plane of existence, another place, but uh, take a pause for a moment and just remember with nostalgia where you were. That, that so that so I thought you picked that out beautifully. Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I I'm so delighted to hear that, and I, I mean it is it's it's interesting that that in both of our lives there would be this you know this touch point in that song um yeah, yeah it, it really is hmm. so so and i applaud you for this work because this is what's the, the 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 cool thing about it is that that this is a book that you can uh put on the coffee table and somebody can pick it up and they can read a uh um a a saying or a wisdom and then they can read about it and they can put it down and then pick it up the next time and and stuff yeah. or, or to read it all the way through because there's a lot of inspiration in it isn't it yeah each chapter is standalone i mean it's it's the sort of book that you could even you know if you if you look at the table of contents and you you know go down there and oh well number 36 looks interesting to me um you know you you could start with number 36 so it's I, i think there is a flow to it in the sense that these these 72 wisdoms are the way they're ordered is they came to me in this order so um but that's the only significance uh of the ordering uh and it's to me it's sort of remarkable how each one in my mind it makes sense that you know two follows one and three follows two and and so forth um and the chapters tend to get a little bit longer for as you go further into the book and i think that's because um in my own mind what was happening is i was getting sort of deeper and deeper into how i approached um each wisdom and so it took more words to explain that that process and what i got out of it is it possible that because of what you were doing with each each wisdom that you were gaining wisdom at the same time and so therefore it required more in-depth explanation the farther you went into the book yeah i I think so um in fact um a, a friend was the other day was saying was asking me um well you, you know so i could just uh you know start at the end and read the last one and then i'd 
I would have gained all the the wisdom. <laughs> is it, well, no, you, you know, it, it it it's that's not exactly how it works. I I think there is a there was a process that I went through that I it wasn't it wasn't planned in the sense of my goal is to reach you know the seventy second level of wisdom. Um, it was just that. I would kind of open myself up to what, you know, what will I discover today that seems meaningful, that seems worth holding on to and recording uh, in, in written form. And each day, um, I mean, it, it wasn't every single day, it wasn't 72 days in a row, but it was usually about two a week um, that it would just, you know, something would grab me and say, oh, that's it. You know, that's that's the next one. And so that's how that's how the book evolved. When you when you say that they just kind of came to you, where did they come from? Well, there um, are two sources that uh, that I use several times. One is uh, I get an email. Uh, a, little, a daily email called inspired quotes sure and so yeah so if you're familiar with that uh it it uh <clears throat> it generally will start out with one quote you know kind of, either a famous saying or a, a very incisive saying and then it'll go it'll have a just one little paragraph about who said it um and then sometimes they'll have a list of a, a bunch of different quotes. So that was one source that I used uh, for, oh, probably three, four, um, you know, five, several, several of the quotes came from that. Another source that I used for several was a, um, an e-letter that I get um, called The Marginalian. Uh, and it's from a, a poet, uh, a poet, a ph philosopher named Maria uh, Popova. And she's a brilliant writer, thinker, artist. And uh, I get a weekly um, newsletter from her. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a personal essay. And she picks out different topics and goes into depth. And so some of the, a couple of the quotes uh, come from her. And a couple others come from sources that she relied on. And then the others are just completely random. Um, one is from a, a blog that my wife wrote about coincidence. And uh, two of them are from um, books that I've written. Um, two of them are from a friend who's a philosopher who, uh, when he heard I was writing this book, sent me about 50 <laughs> quotes that he thought I should consider using, and I actually do use uh, two of them. And then they, you know, like in my life, I just, I heard that song, and I had just been talking to an old friend, an old friend who I grew up with. Um, you know, and there, there aren't that many people that I see uh, with any regularity that were friends of mine when we were kids. Sure. But uh, he, he lives not too far away. So about once a, once a month, we get together for lunch and 
we, you know, <laughs> get nostalgic together. And so we had had our lunch. And then I think I was driving home and I, in my life, came on the radio. And I thought, oh, my God. I just had the experience that John Lennon is singing about. So, you know, so then I, you know, I Googled the lyrics and got the lyrics. And so, you know, that's the start of that chapter. You know, I'll tell you, I'm a firm believer that the, a lot of the things that they came to you uh, were came to you for a reason and that they were to be put into the book. And, and so that's why, see, I get, I get messages through music all the time. And uh, it's, you know, either one thing or another that I'm either thinking about or want to do. So I, you know, I would, I would say that this, this book in and of itself may not be divinely inspired in total, but I think there was a hand in, in that uh, because um, this is wisdoms. Putting these together is a really cool idea. Now, if you have this wisdom in your book, I will be absolutely blown away because I, you probably have never seen the movie. Uh, but uh, um, did you? Ever, well, let me ask you: Did you ever see the movie Braveheart? Yes. Yeah. Mel Gibson. Yes. There's a saying when uh, his father has been killed, and they were washing him up back in the, and then um, Mel Gibson, as a little boy, had a, a premonition that his father turned his head, and he said to him, "Do you remember what he said?" No, I don't. Your heart is free have the courage to follow it and see for me that that is a wisdom of of i would have to come up with well let me ask you what would you come up with that if that was one of the wisdoms would that be one of courage would that be one of of thoughtfulness would that be one of follow your heart and you can follow your passion you can do whatever you want to what 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 word would you put to that yeah but see that's what's wonderful about i mean you just experience what i was talking about when i say you you know you come across this wisdom and as 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 you think about it more deeply it's multi-level multi-layered yes because you're right i mean it could you could take that oh well that means yeah you know uh go out and be determined and you know fulfill your destiny or it just means it's, you know, be personally courageous when you have a challenge, face it, uh, don't turn away from it. Or does it mean expand your heart, be a more caring person? So, you know, so I if I had come across that, and it's a wonderful one, if I had come across that, that's what I, I would do. I would, you know, first of all, I'd, you know, say what the context was and where it came from. And, and is there a history to it? Was there a, a saying that it came out of? Because some of the, the uh, sayings that I, I deal with in the book actually is like the second or third version of an earlier wisdom. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, you, you dig into it and then you think about these different meanings and then you try to, okay, but so how deep can I go? What what what's the the bottom layer? What what's the when I peel the onion? What's at the very center of it? Or is there just one? Maybe I'm just left with several. Well, you know, I, I have never considered Dolly Parton. She's a songwriter. She's a singer. 
never considered her work to be particularly deep or wisdom oriented or impactful, but apparently there are some. So what did you find in her work? Yeah. Interestingly, it's not uh, a song lyric. Uh, it's, it's a statement she made and the context is, um, uh, okay. So she wrote a song and of course now I'm blanking. I can grab the book and look it up, but the particular song isn't that important. The story is she wrote a song that Elvis wanted to record. And this was when she was a fairly young songwriter. So she, she'd had a, you know, a couple hits that were on the country charts, but she, she was making her living at that point as a songwriter, not as a performer, although she was performing and, and she was on the Grand Ole Opry at that point with Porter Wagner. So, and this was when she was in, in her uh, early thirties, I think. So anyway, so Elvis wants to record the song and the rascally Tom Parker, Colonel Parker <laughs> says Elvis is going to get not only the royalties for, for the performance of the song, he's going to get 50% for the song's lyrics as if he wrote it, you know, as if he was a co-writer. Well, and Dolly, who was absolutely thrilled when she heard Elvis wants to perform one of her, record one of her songs, is like, well, wait a minute, that's not right. And so she tries to negotiate with Colonel Tom and he's insistent. And so she's finally digs in her heels and says, you know, no, uh, I'm not gonna give in to that. And the song then goes on to be recorded by her and by Whitney Houston. It was that one, I thought so. And became the biggest seller that Dolly Parton ever wrote as both a songwriter and as a performer. So she made millions off the song. And um, so the the saying is all about, you know, deciding what's important to you and to stick up for yourself. That's, and, that's, I and I can't remember the exact saying. <laughs> well, that's, that's really cool. Cause another one of my, my favorite actors growing up had a similar story and that would be uh, um, Sylvester Stallone. Oh yeah. When he, when he was putting Rocky together and he'd, he'd written the screenplay and they said, well, we will let, well, we'd like to buy your screenplay for, I think it was a quarter million. And uh and he said, No, no, I, I want to I want to be Rocky. And they said, Oh no, who no nobody knows who you are. You can't do that. So he stuck to his guns and he ended up uh being Rocky, one best picture, best actor, all that kind of good stuff because he, he believed in himself and he and at the time he said when they offered him that quarter million, he said, I didn't have enough money for dog food. And he's but he stuck to his guns anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's that's exactly the point is if you have done something and it's yours and you, you know, you believe in it, then that's it. You, you know, hang on to it. Uh, don't you know, don't give it away. Don't compromise. There's there are some things that are worth 
not compromising on a lot of things you know and i mean uh politics is the art of compromise uh, i didn't use that i actually i'm i that isn't one of the 72 but that's actually quoted in the book because there's a couple chapters about politics um but uh you know many things life requires compromise and, and compromise works for the benefit of all involved but in some cases it doesn't and so you have to have the wisdom to know in when when can you just not compromise another one uh which is related is a quote by vladimir, vladimir uh, Zelensky, uh and it's about how ukraine cannot compromise it's a, this is an existential um question you know we will if we give in if we compromise if we say okay putin you can have those territories well you know what's next um and so he he gave this wonderful speech to the british parliament where he's essentially <laughs> ripping off churchill and shakespeare both uh, <laughs> and, and, which was pretty clever since you're speaking to the brits um, <laughs> but about you know how churchill's we will fight on the beaches we will fight on the land we'll fight on the sea you know we'll never give in so Zelensky gives that same kind of speech and um and, and makes the point that you know we can't we we will fight to the last person uh we this is an existential threat we're facing and so again you know this is a situation where you you can't compromise you know, we as humans sometimes can come up with the most amazing things in the, in the proper moment of time, and that that's one of them. What Churchill said was another one, and and it's you know it's it's great that you're putting all of these together in one spot so that people can remember them because they you know that's the thing about us is we tend to forget um, these these wonderful wisdoms that that we all need to remember. And you put them in the context, and you did a you did a really nice job of putting that all together with with you know neuroscience and astrophysics, and you did a how long did it take you to research this thing? Um, it was about a ten month process. No wonder your wife was saying, "Okay, enough, enough, please." Yeah, you know, but that's that's wonderful. When does the book come out, or did it come out already? Um, it came out about a month ago. How's it doing? Well, um, I, no book of the 14 I've written, none of them have sold as many as I think they should, because I think everybody should read it. <laughs> but, I, I, uh, I agree with you. You know, um, it's selling. It's, uh, it, it's not in the, you know, it's not moved up to a bestseller status um with amazon or on the new oh, york you know, book you know what i keep hearing though um jeff just by the way we're talking with jeff rasley if you want to find out more about him you can go to oddly enough jeff jeffrey rasley.com and uh, you can look at all the books he's written and i highly suggest that you you pick them up and uh, and to look at them because you know it's been out a month and they don't really have numbers yet it takes them a while to come up with that. And this is one of those books that I applaud you because whether it be tomorrow, the next day, next year, in five years, somebody's going to pick up your book and it's going to mean a lot to them. 
And that could be somebody that uh, picks it up in a used bookstore. This is just wandering by, and that's what they pick up. Um, and it means something. You've done something good for humanity to put these all of these together, and uh, that makes sense. And uh, and I thank you for that. Well, thank you, Kevin. I you know I I really appreciate um, not only getting to be on your show again, but just that. Uh, you know that you re- that you've responded the the way that you have. Well, I think I think I love I love ancient wisdom. I love what people have uh, come across has been important things for us to remember. And I think they're just little nuggets. These sayings and these wisdoms are just nuggets for us all to remember. You're not the only one who has a cold in your house, by the way. Yeah, I was. I mean, what is my my wife knows that we're on the air. Why why did she decide to come down the hallway and start coughing just to add a little to the soundtrack? Exactly. But this is see, this is live, and this is real life. That's, yeah, that's fact, a little bit earlier. I don't know if you noticed, but my my kitten was crawling around. Yes, me. I, I saw this little too. tail. It was going yeah. like this around you and stuff. But that's yeah. cool because that's what that's, that's what makes this fun. It's real life. We're not in a studio. Nope, nope. And we and we mean it when we talk about this. And, and you know, you've been on the show before, and we were talking about some of your other books. And I, you know, you've got quite a catalog now. What is it that motivates you to write, and uh, and, and to come up with the ideas that you have for all of the books you've written? Well, um, I think it's an addiction. Uh, <laughs> I I have two addictions. Uh, one and and they're both good. I think <laughs> one is writing and the other is exercise. Ah, uh, when I go for a day without writing something, I just don't feel good. If I go for a day without exercising, I don't feel good. And uh, so, you, you know, whether <laughs> whether it's helpful to anybody else or not, it's kept me healthy um mentally physically spiritually psychologically um and the, the other thing as far as the writing is i I've, I've spent my life with other writers my mom was a journalist um my step-grandfather was the editor of our uh local newspaper my stepfather succeeded him became the editor my mom was the a journalist and the city editor my wife is a novelist and an english professor so i <laughs> i'd be the oddball out if i didn't my brother is the editor of a, a political newsletter so it's you know i if I if I wasn't at least something of a writer, I I I wouldn't have anything to say to these people. So, <laughs> well, you are you do not have to take anybody's coat or backseat <laughs> to anybody. Well, I, I'm not sure my family <laughs> would agree with you, <laughs> um, but thanks for that. Well, you know, family's family. What do you do? You know. <laughs> Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> you know, but I got, I do have to ask you because one of the um one of one of the chapters in your book is about the deepest of philosophical questions. So in your books, in your writings, what are some of the deepest philosoph- philosophical questions that we face? I would think death and life after death and that kind of thing, but that's just me. What do you think? Yeah. Um so that's definitely one uh how do you face your own death you know how do we 
cope with knowing we will die. Uh, so what, what, what's the proper attitude towards that? Another is what is the good life? Um, you know, how, how do I live a meaningful life? Uh, because, you know, so much of life just comes at us and we're, we're just reacting. You know, we get up, we do our job, we, you know, feed the cat, <laughs> clean the cat's <laughs> box up. Um, but how, how, do we, how do we feel like this is a meaningful life? What, what's required for us to feel that way? And then, you know, when, when we figure out what is that, what is a meaningful life? How do we implement it? How do we live it out? And so I, you know, I address those issues. Um, and then, you know, actually you brought it up at the very beginning with the Beatles song, love. Um, how, what is love? And um, what is, and what is the highest and best ethic to live by? which, you know, is on the one hand is sort of we, anybody who, who studied ethics knows that it's to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it's easy to say, but what does that really mean? Um, if, if you hate yourself, you can hate your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're back to the yin and yang. <laughs> exactly. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and it probably didn't make it in the book because you didn't find it, but I find it to be, it's one of those sayings that is layered like an onion. And, but it's very simple. It's just four words, which is, we are all one. Yeah, well, that, yes, and that is definitely a, a theme that intersects with several chapters. Oh, good, good. So, because that is, you know, from my, when you look at the, the that statement, we are all one, it's like, what does that mean? Does that mean we're all one person? Does that mean we're all one spirit? Does that mean, or or are we all the same? Are we, are we, do we need to treat each other like we would treat ourselves, which is, of taking off of of the the biblical prophecy and all or the biblical statement as well as other philosophies, which is you know treat each other as you would treat yourself, kind of thing. The the chapter that introduces that concept, the quote comes from Walt Whitman. Ah, and it is. Well, it's from his poem "Leaves of Grass," um, but and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's. It's, it, it goes something like um, we um, we all come from the same atoms and my atoms are your atoms. And that's not exactly it, but that's um, what we are. We all come from the same source. Um, we all share in the same stuff. We are one. And. And so, okay, so what does that mean, especially when you look at the divided world we live in? And, oh, my God, you know, the, our own polarized body politic. Uh, and yet, despite all these divisions, it doesn't change the truth that we did all come from the same source. Another, uh, this also kind of reminds me of, of another uh theme that kind of weaves its way through is uh consciousness 
and uh, coincidence and how did we get here? And if you think of an individuality, so the Big Bang, for you to be you, the Big Bang had to happen. And then the elements that were spewed out eventually had to coalesce into the sun and coalesce into the earth. And then the molecules um, that somehow became organic life had to happen. And then mammals had to evolve. And then your parents had to feel that spark at the right time. And, <laughs> and then the doctor had to deliver you correctly. And, and uh, you know, I mean, the, you know, the number, the uh, infinite number of coincidences that had to happen for us to be sharing this moment right now. I mean, it's sort of mind boggling when you think about it in that way. And so is that, you know, is that a plan? Is it all coincidence? What does that mean uh, to think about it in that way? And the miracle of consciousness, I mean, that we are conscious experience not just alive but experiencing this moment consciously uh it you think of the, our brain chemistry the complexity of it for us to be conscious beings it's okay so is it miraculous does that mean there had to be some kind of divine creator because it's just so amazing or is it just this whole series of you know, kind of accidents, coincidence, but, or do those series of accidents as coincidence rise into the meaning of what we are experiencing? And so, you know, different chapters approach that whole mess from different angles. <laughs> well, you can get really, really deep into the weeds if if you chose to get go down that that rabbit hole because you know there's so many. You know the way I look at it is that we'll find out when we get there, because nobody knows and nobody nobody can tell you for sure what what's going to happen when we get there. But you and I are a little bit longer in the tooth, and so my. Uh, my destiny when I was 20 thinking of what it was going to be like between then and 60 is different than it is when I think of 60 to a hundred um, because you know, the chances, well, anyway, but you know, it's, it's the, the, the whole thing is different. And why are we here? What is our purpose? What are we, you know, and I guess we get to just, that's a beautiful thing about our lives. I think is that we get to decide what our purpose is and why we're here. Yeah, and it's it's important for us, on the one hand, to just live in the moment, to enjoy this moment, to take it as it comes. But on the other hand, to learn from the past, to find meaning in the past and not just think of it as, well, that's just something that's past. There's no more significance to that. But the past has meaning. And on the other hand, if we don't think about the future, if we don't have any plans, if we just totally live in the moment, then we're <laughs> we're probably going to run off <laughs> run uh, off the side of a cliff. So there's and this and then one of the chapters deals with this of the the whole sense of time 
um, and living meaningfully that you have to you have to do all three. You have to value the past, understand the meaning of the past, live in the moment, and also plan for the future. That's all required um, to live a meaningful life. Because if you just do one of those three, or even two of those three, it's not going to go well. I know. I I agree. One of my favorite sayings is, your life is empty and meaningless. And when I say that, people go, what what do you mean? My life is not empty and meaningless. And what I mean by that is every morning, picture if you will, every morning you get to get up in the morning. And I know you love to work out, so you probably do that first thing. But you get up in the morning and you get to decide what your life is going to mean for you that day. And then you get to decide um, um, how you're going to fill your day up with whatever you, you have decided is going to be the meaning for that day. Um, so you have the choice to be able to do that. And then that leads into tomorrow. And so you're continually working based upon the experience that you had yesterday, working on tomorrow. How's that for a physical, physical, <laughs> physiological, no, a, uh, a philosophical thought. How about that? How, how is that? Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, Darn! If only if I write a, a an epilogue or a volume two, you're in. I, I would. Well, these are all things that I've stolen from people, Jeff. So it doesn't. You know, it's just you know one of those things. But there are things that, and I think it happens to all of us. At least it should. We should take the time to read something, to listen to the to the song, to the lyrics, because they have meaning for us. Uh, they meant something to somebody else or they wouldn't have written it or, or sung about it. And so we can benefit from what they're doing as well. Don't you think? Oh yeah. I, I mean, that, that's really, I guess the, uh, you know, the, the fundamental motivation of uh, why I did that book is it, it, that's exactly what you said that these, each of these sayings had meaning to me. And then the more I thought about them and the research I did, they had even more meaning and hopefully to other people as well. And there's a, a couple, there's only you know two or three like this that I disagree with, that the, the statement that I start out as thinking, oh, you know, this is a, there's some, there's real wisdom here. And the more I thought about it and looked into it, I thought, no, wait a minute. That's actually, I don't agree with that. <laughs> and, and so then I would, you know, I would, I would treat the statement fairly, explain where it came from and who said it or wrote it. And, but then explain why I, I think that that's actually not true. That's a bad, that's sending you down uh, the rabbit hole. You don't want to go down. Exactly. Uh, by the way, you know, I could talk to you for hours. I really could. Um, and you are, you are a wonderful interview, a wonderful author. Uh, go pick up the book, 72 Wisdoms. Go to jeffreyraisley.com. That's R-A-S-L-E-Y.com. Is it Raisley or Rasley? <laughs> well, phonetically, it should be Rasley. Uh, but my family, for the most part, at least when they're sober, pronounce so, <laughs> it with the long A, Raisley. Uh, well, I, I love that. And by the way, some of you, if it's okay with you, 
some of your your wisdoms are going to appear on a t-shirt that people will be able to buy on positivetalkradio.net i'm gonna i'm putting uh, sayings on back of t-shirts that are that mean a lot to me like uh um your your heart is free have the courage to follow it and things like that i'm going to be putting those up there oh so. that's really cool you know um a few years ago just out of the blue uh, I got I get this email from a Norwegian artist, and she said I want to put the title of your last book on a T-shirt and design a, a little uh, artistic thing to go with it. And it was you have to get lost before you can be found. That was the title of the book, and uh, so yeah they're out there <laughs> you can buy a, a t-shirt now that says you have to get lost before you can be found uh jeff raisley with a little a picture of a mountain on it and that is an amazing uh, um um wisdom all by itself and that you can you can you can have an entire show based upon that wisdom yeah well that that is the I as I said, I use two of my own wisdoms in the book, and that's one of them. Well, and Jeff, thank you so much for being here. If there's anything you know, that I can ever do for you, I would love for you to come back and talk about this book and others some more uh next next time, if you would be so kind. So I would be I would be delighted to. So anytime you've got a slot open, let me know. I will, because I've got an announcement coming up later on in the, the next week that it's uh we're changing what we're going to be doing and we're going to be doing more of this like five days a week two hours a day kind of thing so um uh, i'll save that for for later but jeff thank okay. you so much for being here i really appreciate it uh, thanks again for having me kevin namaste to you thank you and namaste to you and go to his website which is jeffreyraisley.com and uh, if you wait right there i'll be right back Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.